everybody welcome to the 164th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here in beaverton oregon sweating my ass off and it is it's only june dog this weather's gonna be pretty crazy i'm sweating right now too and i don't want to i don't want to turn the ac on i don't i'm not about that electric bill right now especially in june yeah it's hot we got the little light going on too just so i can see your face you can see my face it's toasty Look, little cozy action right here, but we do it for you guys. We haven't seen you guys in a, a hot minute, and uh, the draft is 10 days away. Free agency, 20 days away. So we are, there's light at the end of the tunnel for all of us Blazer Maniacs, basketball junkies who are excited to see what the 2019-20 Blazers can start to look like. Dude, there's been a lot of rumors here in uh, Blazers world, man, and I, I think... This is, you know, the only really time for us to discuss the trade rumors. We'll talk about prospects later on a different podcast, but this one's going to be kind of a trade extravaganza. And I, you know, it, it, it's kind of weird seeing like people post all these trades without thinking like, you know, these are actual human beings who have problems with fit or, you know, they're not really attainable. And I definitely want to look at these trades as like a, you know, rate them and as far as like how reality, how realistic these trades actually are, because I'd be saying some crazy shit online, man. Oh, those 2K GMs are out in, in full force, especially with the season over and the the free agency bonanza about to begin. So it's only going to get crazier. The draft, especially. I hope we see a wild and crazy draft uh, trades leading up to it. draft night as well. Uh, one of my favorite nights of the year so far. And I know we're going to talk trades, but I think one of the, the biggest assets Portland has is the number 25 pick. And the Blazers have only had two draft workouts so far. And, you know, they've had over three weeks since the season has ended. And to be quite honest, they've had maybe two first round picks out of 10 guys mm-hmm. work out for the team. So you can take that one to two ways. Option one is Neil's already identified his target, doesn't want to throw up any flags, everything is a smokescreen, or two, which is the way I'm leaning, they're looking for guys that they can probably fill out on their summer league roster, maybe training camp invites, and Mm -hmm. they are definitely going to do whatever they can to trade that 25 pick, whether that's to package it with Evan Turner and shed salary, or package it with a bigger contract to take on extra contract but also gain assets that way and maybe go in for go in for a a bigger fish, so to speak. So um, definitely more interested to, to get into these trades because I tried to get into the draft last night, Sage, you know, I was watching, you know, a lot of videos and first of all, it's it's a bummer that draft express went over to ESPN. Glad they got their bread. But on the other hand, there are not a lot of good uh, scouting videos, weaknesses, strengths uh, of prospects. And they really, covered all areas i mean all you know 50 plus prospects they did a tremendous job and you know i did a little bit of digging but but really no prospect is like yes we have to get this guy um 
it's looking to me like a two-person draft, and it's pro- you're probably going to find some gems later on in the first round, second round, maybe some even some undrafted guys make the league like Wesley Matthews, Fred Van Vliet mm. um, have done, and Isaiah Thomas, who was the 60th pick. So I think that it's going to be that type of draft. So if you're the Blazers, you don't really need to hold on to that 25 pick with a lot of care, um, a lot of... a lot of value. You want to perceive it as having value because you want to move that pick. But from a franchise roster perspective, I think moving that pick is going to help you attain something that's going to help win right now. I mean, will a 19 year old prospect help Damian Lillard in the next few years? I mean, if the Blazers do keep the pick, I do want them to go that, that route. And I was absolutely. But. I was a little hesitant last year when we got Simons, uh, but then ob- obviously we saw him in, in, over the summer and through the year. And, and that that game against Sacramento, I rewatched those highlights last night as well, just to kind of put into perspective what I was seeing these collegiate kids doing. Because he basically took a year off of hoop, went to IMG, and he looks very smooth. Looks like the game comes easy to him. He he looks how how Dame looked when when Dame came into summer league. Like he he belonged. He was not out of place, and nothing he did really surprised anyone. So, if you're gonna pick late in the draft, not a particularly great draft, swing for the fences, especially with a small market team. Look what, look what Milwaukee did with with Giannis. Um, you know, really the 13th pick, and this Greek guy who had a lot of potential was long and lanky, but they rolled the dice. Sometimes you just have to do that. If there is not a sure thing, which there will not be at number 25, you got to go big. And uh, so if Portland does keep the pick, I would like to see them really go high risk uh, or excuse me, really high reward, um, big ceiling, boom or bust, because it's all about keeping the farm system, you know, plentiful. And as Dame said, after media day, or not media day, um, the exit interviews, in about seven years, you're going to be wanting to talk like Simons is the guy that's going to be holding this team down as I'm, you know, exiting on my way out. And so you want to keep, you want to go Spurs style. You want to always have an influx of talent. But I think the better option for this team is is to move that pick and whether whether they're shedding salary to open up the the, the max mid-level exception for a guy like Rodney Hood or Ennis Cantor, or as we're going to discuss package it and maybe get better assets back. Yep. I mean this this draft's meh. Can we agree on that? I think it's it's worse than it's it's worse than meh. I, I think I don't think it's gonna be as bad as the two thousand draft class, but even the twenty fourteen class was, was was pretty rough as well. But yes, I, I think outside of Zion and, and, and Morant it's it leaves a lot to be desired. And, and I tweeted this out. If you offered me the the number four pick for Anthony Simons, I would not take it. Probably would not take it if you offered me the three pick, and that's R.J. Barrett. Um, what I saw from Simons, he would have been a, a top five pick had he went to school. And he, he proved that. He, he looks the part. Yes, it was Sacramento, but he did a lot of damage against Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. And it's one game. But I think you can tell a lot whether it's some guy is just getting in the zone and he is, you know, out of his freaking mind. Simon's had it all in his bag. He was hitting threes, step backs. He had some amazing full court passes in transition, able to get to the rim. And so I would, 
if we're talking trade sage, aside from Damian Lillard, Simons to me is, is off the table. Unless you're saying we'll trade you Simons for Antetokounmpo or Kawhi Leonard, some some top 10 guy. He he is the future that we need to start seeding talent around a little bit because you don't want to go completely belly up. You always mm. have to have something in the tank. And Simons to me is he gives me a lot of Jermaine O'Neal vibes. Like I, I I haven't been as gun shy as other Blazer fans have been with with younger talent thinking oh this is gonna be the next Jermaine O'Neal. I know some people probably feel that way about Zach Collins. I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think that is going to happen. If we were to move Simons, I do think it would come back to haunt us. So I would keep him basically at, at all costs. And I know that may sound, um, you know, a little ludicrous, but at the same time, it's a, it's a situation where he means more to us than he does to you. I mean, the fact that you're talking about a late first round pick guy that never went to high, to college in that high regard means that you see something in him that he, he has the potential to be a very good player. It isn't, it, he isn't there yet, but he definitely has the potential to be a very good basketball player. And I, I get why you would be hesitant to uh, trade Anthony after, after uh, this year. And I mean, let's be real. I don't think Neil's in a real rush to uh, trade him as well because of cost control. He's going to be a very cheap commodity for four years. You might as well keep him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you can't, if you traded Penny for anything, that trade isn't going to net you much because of how cheap he is as a player. And that, that's a very valuable thing. I mean, like, teams that have all these star players need cost controlled contracts, and we have a very good potential prospect on a cost controlled contract. So, I get why you are uh, so so. Uh, uh, you see the value in keeping them. Um, who who's the number one guy you see uh, Rip City want? I mean, right now it's, it's it has to be Anthony Davis. Ever every team in the league, especially awesome. small market teams, is seeing what the impact can be if you take a chance. Toronto. I mean, even at the time, I thought that was highway robbery offering DeRozan and, and Jakob Pertl for Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. Yes, they lost tonight, but they are still in position to win the franchise's first NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Even if the Warriors do come back and win that series, that gamble still pays off. You got to the NBA Finals, a place that it was clear that your core of DeRozan and Lowry could not get you to. Now, Portland doesn't know that yet. We've only seen Damon CJ get to the conference finals once. Yes, it resulted in a sweep, but it comes with a little bit of an asterisk because we did not have Yusuf Nurkic and his canter was banged up as well. Mm. So it's not like Portland got there three straight years and really got swept out of their shoes three straight times. To me, Portland looks like they're they're on the ascent. So they aren't in as much of a hurry as a team like Toronto. But when you factor in Damian Lillard's Supermax is going to kick in in two years, CJ McCollum's contract is going to end at the end of the 2021 season, and Damian Lillard is turning 29 this July, that's prime time. Prime window mm-hmm. is now open, 
and there is a top 10 player available, openly available, and by all accounts, if you listen to Adrian Wojnarowski, Pelicans GM, um, David Griff. David Griff. I knew his last name, didn't know his first name. I was, so I was going to say Dell Demps, and I was like, ooh, pump the brakes on that one, big guy. He he's looking for a young a young all star, a young prospect that has all star potential, a couple first round picks. Portland. As soon as I saw that, even before the rumors that you were telling me last night. As soon as I saw that, I was like, no other offer that we have heard gets New Orleans what David Griffin is looking for. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Blazers, if you look at all the potential trades right now, they're the safest because CJ McCollum is the absolute closest being a star. And then you got to think about the ancillary pieces like Mo Harkless, numerous picks. Those aren't as good as what the Lakers could offer. But the crown jewel of the trade is, if you will, probably the shiniest one of them all. The least amount of question marks. You know CJ can get biz. Uh, I mean, Tatum had a really fantastic first year. And then that second year when all of those talented players came back, he had to take that step back. So it's like. And New Orleans has openly said we are committed to Drew Holiday. So they are not. I know I've seen a lot of fans saying, why don't you just move Drew? Um, you got Zion, move AD, just get like four or five picks out of this draft and and start from there. I would pump the brakes because this isn't the 2017 draft class. Yeah, this, this, is, this draft sucks. This is not the draft to do that. If no. you are going to trade Drew Holiday, it has to be for nothing less than the second overall pick. And Memphis just isn't in position to move that pick for a proven player. They mm-hmm. are building through the draft and will eventually have to move Mike Conley. New Orleans needs to play the smart game. They're not going to win. They're not going to win a title overnight. They're not going to revamp their roster in one season. They have to realize that Zion Williamson is going to be their core. And what you get now for Anthony Davis needs to set you up for success two, three years down the road. Mm-hmm. You're going to have this next season to really get a um, to get a gauge, to get a feel of how this team is going to produce. If they make the playoffs, then you probably continue to roll with, I'm just going to say, you know, a Drew, Zion, maybe a Jason Tatum, CJ McCollum type of core. If they maybe fall under expectate, less than expectations, then you have a great piece to go and get a little bit younger. Maybe I use a different draft class. Zion's not going anywhere. The kid's 19 years old. T- take your time, build the pieces around, but rightfully so, they want to have a couple of vets to guide him along. I feel like CJ McCollum is the best vet slash adult to pair with Drew to help Zion Williamson. Of course, there's going to be rumors. I've seen rumors that the Lakers are trying to get Bradley Beal part of the trade. So there's going to be rumors that come across. I definitely think that the Pelicans would consider the Blazers offer. I don't know if it knocks their socks off, but I think they definitely think about it. Griff and uh, Trajan Langdon think about, hmm, this is going to help us. It's going to be a safe pick. Uh, We really like the Charlotte pick. So is taking on the salary of Nick Batum. Well, hit the rewind button, though. Get get to that point. How are we? Break it down for me like you broke it down. So um, I'm imagining Neil O'Shea is talking about taking on a bigger salary than uh, Evan Turner in return for draft capital. 
And the Charlotte Hornets are kind of the example of a lottery team that just needs to get away from, you know, Nick Batum's massive contract. So it kind of makes sense for a Evan Turner for Nick Batum first round pick and a second round pick trade to happen. So it's like, is Anthony Davis the only prospect you would be willing to take on $30 million of Nick Batum for two or three more years? Yeah. No, I I know Nick, but Nick Batum has got, so for context, Evan Turner has one more year left on his deal at about $17 million. Batum has two years left on that deal, $24 million a year, which is just asinine. One of the major reason, one of the major reasons that I said that Neil Olshay won that Charlotte trade because we didn't have to pay Nick Batum $24 million for four years. He is a depreciating asset. Who knows? Maybe he revitalizes himself, but his numbers across the board have dropped. He's looks a step slow and has just hit that 30-year mark of, of life, which a lot of professional athletes tend to start to decline and you see a significant downfall, downturn in their production. And Portland would be paying $48 million over two years for that type of contract. So, yes, it would have to be an Anthony Davis type of player because I don't think you do it for LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't think you do mm-hmm. it for Blake Griffin. Um, even though Anthony is is a one-year sure bet, you don't know anything else after that, that's the type of risk you have to take because I, I don't think in a nutshell adding an extra year of $24 million is, is worth the 12th pick in the draft. Not, not in this draft, not at all. No, not at all because, I mean – you look at the draft and it's like, okay, there's a bunch of wings that either aren't athletic enough to play in the NBA or not good, good enough shooters in this day and age of basketball. And I don't think Damian Lillard has the patience or, or the time left really to, to wait on this project small forward or there isn't a guy that excites me enough. And then if we're talking the 13th pick, man, it's a crapshoot. After 10, it's a crapshoot. I'm not trying to put that much pressure, financial pressure on our our our, uh, our team to get a you know, a questionable player in this draft. I'd be willing in others maybe, but this one it's very top heavy in 1 and 2. So, we we kind of discussed Well, it's also being reported that the Pelicans see their best offer coming from a multi-team deal. So they clearly don't want what New York and what Los Angeles is offering straight up. They want an additional team to get involved because they want to pick the best from the best and then make sure all parties feel like they're they're getting getting proper value. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of teams put together some strong offers. And I, I do definitely think Neil Olshay is going to, to inquire. Um, I'm, Would I'm, you be cool with being a third team and getting assets from somebody? Like it, it might if, not be if it involves Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. Absolutely not. I am that petty. I would totally be on Gail Benson's side here. Do not trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers at all costs. If that dude wants to go play with a thirty-six-year-old LeBron in twenty twenty, so, so be it, bud. Enjoy being a six seed and getting bounced out of the first round. But if it's facilitating Davis to the East, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and if we get like a a usable asset. In uh, like as a thanks for adding salary or you know the twenty fifth pick, it's like it's worth it. it. Like those type of the moves are are going to be slick when 
you look at it and we don't particularly have much salary right now to offer major players. So if we get like a usable rotation guy out of it, I'd be totally willing to be involved in a three or a four team trade for Anthony Davis. We also have to look at what happened tonight in the Toronto Golden State game because throughout the day, we heard multiple stories from multiple people, different vantage points that Anthony Davis could possibly be going to a bunch of different small markets because of the Kawhi Leonard effect. Not half hour later, we heard, no, he wants to go to the Lakers or the Knicks. Well, I assume going to the Knicks would be contingent upon a one Kevin Durant signing in the Big Apple. Yet Kevin Durant looked to me, and I'm not going to play doctor, I'm just going to give you my two cents, and we'll probably find out by the time this podcast airs. It looked to me like he ruptured his Achilles. If, if you watch the replay, it's pretty similar to what happened to Wesley Matthews in 2015. You can actually see something burst or pop. And if that happens, who knows what happens with Durant's free agency. Maybe the Knicks still offer him, but again, Anthony Davis is having to wait another year. And Achilles injuries have been known to completely derail careers of people of different sizes and statures and weights and lengths. And who who knows? And, and Durant, again, is on that other side of 30. He will be turning, I believe, 31 this year. So 32 by the time he gets back from his injury. There, there's just, and if that does keep him out the full season, that is just a massive domino that I don't think people are talking enough about. And I'm sure you will hear that tomorrow when you check your your Twitter feeds or scroll through the forums. But something to keep in mind, that could greatly impact not only what New York wants to offer, but Anthony's camp saying, I I don't know if this is the right spot for me. But Sage, let's say they even make the trade with New York and KD has to wait a year. And it's Anthony Davis and a bunch of nothing. They're not making the playoffs. They, they aren't making the playoffs, and New Orleans is going to be better than them as a team that year because they have a healthy Drew Holiday and a healthy Zion Williamson and a healthy you know, a, a, a team because New York has to give up all of those good pieces that people think to get Anthony Davis. So it's going to be like him, Lance Thomas, and like Damian Dotson. It's not going to be a pretty roster, and KD takes up so much salary. Um, it's going to be rough. I mean, Anthony Davis either needs to reevaluate his representation or his representation needs to come to their senses because after Durant came back, there is a lot of positive public sentiment now in his eye that he took one for the team and was willing to do whatever it takes to win. Whether that's fair or not, public sentiment has turned positively in, in favor of KD And right now, I would say the player with the most negative sentiment surrounding them is Anthony Davis. And he really needs to choose his next move wisely. Because if he does go to the Knicks and fails, it's only going to pile on. He needs to find the right situation and he needs to turn his public image around because it is, it's, it's not good. And we saw what happened to Kawhi. It was kind of up in the air. The Spurs kind of wanted to rush him back. He, he said no. Well, everything turned around because he got to go to Toronto. I don't know if, if he had to sign off on that or if he just made that his own his own narrative. But now the narrative is Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the league and could possibly stop this Warriors dynasty if they win one of the next two. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pressure on Anthony Davis as a marketable superstar because 
Yes, KD has that big Nike contract, but I cannot remember a player of his caliber ever being disliked by so many fans, mm. both diehard and casual. And I can see the same thing coming towards Anthony if he doesn't kind of knock this shit off, to, to be to be quite honest. Well, I, I think KD's kind of built for the villain role. I don't, like, wait, wait, even do when, you really think KD's... I don't think he's built for the villain role at all. I thought... If you're comparing him to Anthony Davis, I absolutely do. Okay, because, possibly, because with Kevin Durant, to me, he probably thought, okay, they're going to give me shit for going to the Warriors, but as soon as I win a chip, maybe get a finals MVP, it'll be all good. They'll say, you made the right move, Kevin. No, every time he wins, it gets worse and worse and worse. And he's had the burner accounts. He replies constantly to publications and, and trolls. It clearly messes with him. So I would say he's absolutely not built for it. But to your point, Anthony may be worse suited to handle it than than Kevin. I mean, like he he has rep- his, his he doesn't even pick out his own clothes right now. Like, quote unquote. That's quote, that, quote, that's quote, all, like, folks. My agent picked it out for me. Yeah, Come on, bud. Like, but like I, I even when he was like half assing games, he still had this narrative of, oh, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy. I don't think he he's built for any negative negative shit. And what he's done in this last year has definitely put him on, oh, we're we're not gonna fuck with you type of type of level. I think Portland would be a good thing for a good place for him to revitalize his career and become more marketable because that oil commercial is the only thing he's getting right now. That pens oil shit. Oh yeah. But like, come on, man. Like if he went to Portland, I think people would give him props for not going to LA, not going to the Knicks, not going to Boston. I think Dame is the perfect alpha to his beta because even watching him every game for eight years or seven years, he's not an alpha. He'll never be an alpha. Damien wants to take that last shot. Anthony kind of shies away from it. So I think as a fit, Anthony would be a very good fit in Portland. So you mentioned Anthony, and we've we've texted and talked and watched games together for about seven, eight years now. And you've mentioned on multiple occasions, you've texted me, dog. Anthony is dogging it up there on defense, offense, half-assing it. We know about the injury history. Given that, like, one, is he built for this? Is he built to be a top 10 player? And two, given all of that, do you think the packages that are being asked of other teams is is fair and justified? Because the times I bitch about him dogging it, we don't really have a chance this year. I think It hasn't been just this year, though. Oh, no, 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 in the past, too. Or, like, I think he plays up to how he's feeling. I think if you get him in a good medical staff that care- treats his body, I think he's he's able to go for, you know, 82 in the playoffs. It's just I think New Orleans babied him for so long and then when we're not successful, he half asses it a bit. But there's games I'd say he half asses it like 5% of the time and plays his ass off 95. I just get more annoyed when I see like, "Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that and he doesn't." But I would say, outside of this year, he's played really hard most of the time. It's just like whenever he's frustrated or you know upset, he kind of half-asses it. But it might be like one game out of twenty. He he like 
I don't. I'm not a fan of him right now. But when he's trying hard, he's top three, top five player, and he he would be he he would be a beast. So, proposing, it would probably take Portland taking on Nicholas Batum's extra year of salary. They'd get Anthony Davis in return. Have to give up CJ McCollum, Zach Collins, twenty five this year. Maybe another first round pick heavily protected in some seconds. If you're Portland, do you do that deal? I think you take the chance. Because I think Anthony and Dame would be beautiful basketball. The big low combination has worked in the NBA for years. We don't, as of right the second on our roster that's healthy, we don't have a dominating big man. He's hurt. So I think Dame and AD would probably be the best duo in the NBA if those two got together in Portland. So is a starting five of Dame, let's say you get Rodney Hood back on the taxpayers mid-level, he knows he's going to start. You got Batum at the three, you got AD at the four, and you got a healthy Nurk to end the season. Is that team getting it done? I mean, I think that's the question Neil Olshay is going to have to project, and he's going to have to be honest and answer because it is not worth taking a risk unless you say, yes, that team plus your depth. And trust me, if you get Anthony Davis in the fold, you're going to get a lot of guys wanting to sign. You're going to get guys for the better minimum. So, but that core, it does it get it done. If you told me that Nurk was healthy. Yes. But if that's a, that's a question in itself. So I would say it doesn't, but it definitely it's a triple, not a home run in my eyes. What about you? What do you think about a Dame Batum Hood AD Nurk lineup? I think it. I think that it's entirely switchable. I think it's a good. It's a good roster. I think it has a higher ceiling than the CJ one. But I got to see what happens to Golden State before I crown them a contender. I mean, well, Durant likely, and this is me projecting, likely out for the year. So, I mean, you're 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 getting basically the same Golden State team. To me, it depends on the bench. It always depends on the bench and, and the role players that that you can get. I do like Myers coming off. I I like Anthony Simons. I think you bring Jake Lehman back on the qualifying offer, and you know you still have the ability to pick up Alfred Camino, who would be a really nice bench asset. And then you bring probably one more guard in for the vet minimum. I mean, that that is a really solid, solid team. And I don't think there's going to – if Kevin Durant goes east or he is lost for the year, I think it opens up the NBA for probably as open as it's been since 2005. That was mm-hmm. the year that Detroit came off surprising the Lakers. The Laker dynasty was over. LeBron hadn't been built yet. And – that was a free-for-all. I mean, you had the Mavericks, you had the Spurs, you had the Heat, you had the Pistons. You had all these squads vying to be top dog. And assuming Kawhi Leonard stays in Toronto, Philly gets at least Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris back. They're going to be uh, a factor. You know Giannis is going to get better, so you've got the East beating up on each other. Golden State's still going to be a motherfucking beast with or without KD, so you got the Warriors there. Denver's gonna. Denver's only gonna get better. They are a young team through intern development. They are gonna be a foe. Who knows with Houston? But really, outside of that, and you take you take Anthony Davis away from the Lakers. I mean, bye bye LeBron. So it, to me, it 
really opens up. So I, I can't sit here and say the Blazers would be the favorite, but they would easily be a top five team when it comes to championship odds. For me, I think that's good enough to roll the dice. But when it comes down to this trade, my heart says no. My head says says yes. So it's one of those things that if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not going to lose any sleep either way. No, no, no. I would say that I still want to win with Damon CJ. I don't know if it's possible. I mean, you, you don't know until you play those games. But I was pretty down on CJ this year. And I think a lot, a lot of fans before. were. But the playoffs, he turned it on. And I don't forget performances like Game 7 ever. Like that cements you in Blazers lore. And the, the chase down block, the game winning buckets. I mean, CJ is a fucking beast. And... I guess, yeah, I guess the only way you do even consider trading him is for a package that brings you back a transcendent type of talent. So yeah, yeah. to me, it's it's 50-50. Like, I, I'm not going to say, no, you don't make that trade, or yes, you should. I, this is one fence that I am firmly okay straddling. As a fit, as a basketball fit, what do you rank AD going to the Blazers as? One out of ten. Oof. I mean, it's got to be at least a nine. I mean... I mean, it has 10 potential with a healthy Nurk. I mean, that lineup I, I, I rolled out there, that that could be one of the best defensive finishing five units in the game, especially if Dame has extra people shouldering the load offensively. I mean, Nurk and AD can both switch. They can both defend um, the paint. AD can get on the perimeter. I think Batum gets revitalized, to be quite honest, in Portland. I loved what I saw out of Rodney Hood. The, the length you have up the wings with Nicholas Batum and Rodney Hood, is shut down material. Damian showed me a lot in the postseason with his defense, especially guarding Russell Westbrook. He didn't shy away from a lot of his defensive assignments, and he more than held his own while going 120% on the offensive end. So to me, defensively, it is a a gorgeous fit. Um, I think it's a 10 defensive fit. It's probably an an 8-9 on the offensive end, and I would give it higher if Dame was more of a Chris Paul type of point guard, because I think that's how you get the most out of Anthony Davis. I think he's a fantastic lob threat. If we did get Anthony Davis and we go back to our previous episode, where we ask each blazer to work on something to me, it would be Dame. I want to work you on the pick and roll, throw that lob. You need to get those passes down because you've got to get your big, the ball where he needs it in order to optimize his, his, his strengths. So if Dame can become you know, a really good floor general, which again, I saw out of, out of him. And also the defensive covers are just going to be so much different for him when you have a capable four who's, who's. A, yeah, you're who, not triple teaming in Dame. No, you I just mean, can't you, with Anthony. you throw it to Anthony over the top, he's going to know what to do with it at the foul line. You know, no offense to Alfred Camino or Mo Harkless or Zach Collins. You just never knew what they were going to do. And I think they kind of felt the same way and the results kind of spoke for themselves, but we saw what Draymond Green was able to do when Portland attempted to, the, to architect the same defense, and he picked us apart. Um, I think Anthony would do the same. Less passing, but more scoring. And so, you know, I think it's a really strong fit, and I don't think anyone would blame Neil Olshay for, for rolling the dice. Um, I, I would say of the three premier players who have been traded or who have made trade demands, you had Paul George, you had Kawhi Leonard, and you had Anthony Davis – 
I think Anthony is definitely the largest flight risk. This is one of the most um, interesting and destructive trade demands that, that we've seen play Ever. out. I mean, we've never seen Ever. anything like this before. So, and we keep hearing Lakers, Knicks, Lakers, Knicks. Like, yes, Paul George, you know, grew up a Laker fan, whatnot, but, you know, they were never really in position to to be a good team. They, they didn't have LeBron James at the time. Kawhi is a big flight risk too, but they're now in the finals, so that, that reduces it a bit. And to be honest, nobody really knows Kawhi Leonard as a person, so you're kind of rolling the dice whatever direction you're going. To me, Anthony Davis, has as representation, has been vocal about where they want him to land up. So I would say of any small what market, you small market if- team, Portland, I think, has the best chance only because of Dame. Yeah, I think Dame and AD are best friends. Like, very good friends. Um, I think Dave, I think AD's in it would take his um, player option because I think Dame Dame's leadership. He'll uh, I, I, if we made the trade, I bet he does. He opts in for that player option, and I think you have you have two years essentially of convincing AD. Yo, th- this city is for you. You know. It's it's a chance for Portland to get him to fall in love with the culture, the players, the coaches, all the things he didn't really have in New Orleans. They have here, where you know the it's a sustainably built team, and he's never really had that. So I think he would be interested in to see how it is with a with a point guard like Dame. No offense to Drew Holiday, but I think I think Dame is just, I mean, he's better. So, but like, it, I think. Th- Davis would t- love the opportunity to play with Damian Lillard. I think AD would want to be in the post. And I think Nurk would be happy to be up in the perimeter, dishing it to him in a post-up position too. Like I could see the high-low post-up, uh, the four-five working really beautifully. So ob- I think upside is insanely high with this. I mean, most of your wins are generated by three players, and if our three players are Dame, AD, and Nurk, that top three is pretty fucking he- pretty fucking knocking, man. I mean, it would be the best three-man, you know, trifecta that the Blazers have ever had at one time in their franchise history. And that's that's saying a lot because the Blazers have had Walton, Lucas, and Lionel Hollins. They've had Drexel Porter and Kersey throwing fucking Buck Williams and Kevin Duckworth and Cliff Robinson in there as well. You've had, you've had Sheed, you've had Brian Grant, and you've had Scottie Pippen. You've had Dame, LaMarcus, and Wes. So we've had... Big threes before, but this would be the biggest of said threes. Do you are you scared uh, by his injury history, or would you be willing to take that chance on a transcendent power forward? What would you rate? How scared are you of out of his injury history? One out of ten. One out of ten. I think you're going to have to treat him like Kawhi Leonard has been treated this year. So he's probably going to only play sixty games. You're going to have to do a lot of load management, which is why you need to build a a deep roster around him with a lot of vet minimum guys. He's always been like a, a minor wear and tear guy. Nothing, you know, super nothing really scary. Nothing scary. It's still a seven on my scale. To be honest, the attitude, like I, I don't know what it is. Is with, that the scariest factor? Nine, possibly. Yeah. Nine on the list. Just if he stayed with his old management, how would you feel? A lot better. I don't think he makes this this scene with old management. I like, think he makes it right now. I think he bitches about it right now, not in January. Yep. Which, hey, I mean, the, 
on the court, it is beautiful. And I would be such a fan of seeing Anthony Davis with a point guard uh, like like uh, Damian Lillard. I would really love it. It's just this last year sucked watching him play and watching what his agency has done to a team that I love. It's just like, damn, man, I wouldn't want to risk this on the team that I broadcast about and hear me bitch about Anthony Davis. But like, I think he is the skill level where you would be willing to take on the chance. Damien's the type of daddy that he needs as a basketball player. And he's Damien's going to be the adult for, for Anthony. And I think that's what he was looking for with LeBron. Is LeBron going to make me, is he going to be my daddy? I think Dame is good enough as well. And if this trade happens, I'll, I'll be cheering for Anthony just as hard as I would. Speaking of a teammate of Anthony's, because, you know, that transition was okay. A lot of people have been seeing, thinking Julius Randle is a good fit at the four. I don't see it at all. We need I think he is the defense. And I, they need defense and shooting, right? Defense and shooting. We I mean, yes, Anthony is on the market, but outside of Anthony, you just need you need basically a, a Pascal Siakam type of four. He's gonna play defense, he's gonna hit shots. Um we, we Julius Randle is a quicker Zach Randolph. We we just don't need that mm-hmm. on this team. He's not gonna fit, he's not gonna space the floor, uh he's he's not gonna defend. Jake Lehman had his best game of his professional career against yeah. Julius Randle, and he's going to command a shit ton of money. Yes, I know the Blazer fans saw countless games of Julius Randle going to his left and getting easy buckets. Did those result in wins? No. 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 It, it just – also, we don't have the money. He's a free agent. We don't have the money. Like, And there's no way we're signing and trading him. It's just too much work for – the little we're gonna get. I'm not Pel- a Pelican CBA Pelican. expert, but when is the last time? When is the last time we've seen a sign and trade work? It seems like they've really, ac- they've exited that out of the the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, it's definitely been uh, sunsetted. I, I I don't think he's good enough to be signed and traded for. If we really wanted him, we we could manufacture the money. I just think with Terry Stotts as our coach, and we've locked him up to a multi-year deal. Julius Randle is the anti-Terry Stotts guy. And it's fun watching him put up inflated stats against teams, but he's only going to be really good against like six or seven teams. And you're taking the Blazers out of it, so it's like five teams that he's going to be able to exploit. He's a bully ball power forward, and I don't think that type of play would work in a Terry Stotts system. And defensively, we need someone to protect the paint and he's not going to do that. And we're going to be the sieve defensively that we've been the last four years because Nurk's not there and there's no one that can meet a driving player in the lane. So when I see the Julius thing, I'm I, I pass on that. I think that fits like a two. I don't, I think that that's the trade or that's the signing that would be a step back in a situation where, we need to take step forward. So I think Julius is like the worst uh, player that I've seen people talk about for us. Um, I've been hearing from a lot of people that are close to the Blazers about a Kevin Love trade. How do you feel? 
I've yo doggy. I've heard it from people that are that pretty trustworthy. That is the worst contract in the NBA. Well, Chris Paul's up there too, but God, John Wall as well. God, God damn, Kevin, you want four years? What forty million a year? Some shit like that? Hell no. I can look it up. You don't. But yeah, it it, it, it could be twenty million dollars a year. When is the last time Kevin Love has been a capable NBA player? Two years ago, when he scored like thirty against us in the in a quarter. There you go. Two years ago, Kevin Love's not going to be a defender. He's a he's a glorified Seth Curry. He's taller than Seth. He's just going to hit threes. Might get some rebounds, but so is he. It, it, would Kevin Love be worse in your mind than a Julius Randle signing? I, I honestly see no legal, logical route that Ju- nets Julius Randle importantly. It just that that's, it's not going to happen. Uh, I, I don't I don't see that. So it's, to me, that's not even an option. Kevin Love has been the worst name I've seen thrown out there. I, I think that is the ultimate desperation move, and it just puts us in salary cap absolute bloody red hell for the next decade. Um, I mean, that team better win because mm. jo- Jody Allen's all in right now. I mean, we came off the Western Conference Finals, but oof, things start going south. You have all that salary on the books. I don't. I do not want to risk it. I, I and I'm not saying that I, I believe that a year from now we're able to sign a free agent better than Kevin Love. You know, if we let those three massive contracts just roll off the books, I think Portland would be smart to go bargain bin shopping. We we did with Ennis. We did with Rodney Hood. I, I, I don't see any world that Kevin Love is worth that contract. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's a reason teams aren't knocking down Cleveland's door because it, it's not a, a smart move. I mean... I, I think you really have to show restraint and say we can find a player maybe slightly worse than Kevin Love, but he's making six or seven million dollars. How much worse is Nico Meritic than Kevin Love? Hot take, I would rather have Nico Meritic than Kevin Love. At the same price? No, because Meritic is gonna come at least a third of the cost. Yeah, I know. I, I don't want I don't want to do with either at that same price. If Kevin Love was from Georgia or Texas do you think there would be that connection? Hell or is no. it because he's from Laco? It's because he's from Lake Oswego. Yeah. I would say I we talked about Anthony and Nurk in the high low. I think Kevin be pretty Kevin Love and Nurk would be really I mean, he is a phenomenal passer. But to be honest, Kevin Love still reminds me a lot of Sharif Abdul Rahim. He reminds me of a guy who put up hollow stats on losing teams. And he was not a reason the Cleveland Cavaliers won a championship. Irving and James carried them to that title. Um, He got to a better situation and the stats went down in the production. It just, it, I've never been sold on Kevin Love as an all-star type of player. And if you're paying $20 million, $30 million for a guy, they damn near better be close. And Portland's already doing that (laughs) with one guy in that CJ McCollum. You cannot do yeah. it with another one. All right. Uh, another person that I've been hearing is uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Would you welcome the uh, trade back to Portland? Would you be all about it? I don't think you could possibly give up a CJ or a, 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 um, a Zach, 
but I I don't know, man. Like a lot of I've been seeing us trying to trade CJ for Demar and Lamarcus, and I'm just like, nah. There's no shooting. There's no shooting. Um, again, like if it's not like the Spurs are just gonna give him away. So I think we'd have to come correct. But I would be unwilling to trade CJ and probably Zach for Lamarcus if it if it's me. I haven't seen a real trade that I would respect, but would you want a LaMarcus Aldridge return? Well, no, I, there's no way in hell CJ's getting moved for, for LaMarcus. If if we do get LaMarcus, you best believe they are demanding Zach Collins. And yeah, I, I would feel comfortable with that move talent-wise. Zach has shown promise, but I don't think he's a guy you hitch your future to like Anthony Simons. To me, Anthony Simons is a deal-breaker in, in that type of scenario. So I would welcome LaMarcus back. I I exercised my right to boo him when he left, but once you come back to the team, you know, I'll, uh, I will will cheer again. If we're able to get LaMarcus for, you know, Evan Turner, more, maybe a little bit more salary and and Zach Collins, I think that's, that's really good value. You know, you get a healthy Nurk back, you're able to, you know, find a way to bring Rodney. I mean, that, I think LaMarcus Aldridge would have helped us tremendously this postseason and oh, and yes yeah. he is 34 years old but he has never relied on athleticism his he's probably still got three three good years left him I and mean, he's been an all-star the past two years um as, probably a top five power forward i mean easily you know outside of of anthony davis the, the argument could be made that he's he's the next best bet um the only thing is is age and you know, he's already that salary. He's already requested um, to come back. You know, we messaged, messaged Dame over his tenure in San Antonio. Um, I, I I don't have too many concerns that he would ruffle feathers in the locker room. How do you think the fit would work with him and Nurk? I mean, Lamarcus can play on the perimeter. I mean, Lamarcus needs to become a better passer, but but defensively, I mean that that's still a, a solid solid yeah, unit. Solid. And he gives you another guy that. You know, Nurk doesn't have to play the full full game. You can move Lamarcus to mm. the center. You say we're welcoming you back, but you're gonna be you're gonna play some five. You're gonna keep your butt on the block. This isn't gonna be like old Terry Stotts where I let you roam around shooting threes and no. I mean, so they were they would come with a lot. His leverage is at an all time low too because we just made the Western Conference. They would come with a lot of caveats if we were to bring Lamarcus back. But I mean, there, there's no denying if you can get him on the block. I mean, we saw what Paul Millsap what did, and Lamarcus Aldridge mm. is a better player right now than Paul Millsap. I mean, that makes Portland a, a very formidable team. And I mean, if, if you were to ask me what Blazer roster does better, one with LaMarcus over the next three years with, with Damon CJ or one with Zach Collins and, and Damon CJ, you're, you're taking the former because Oh, absolutely. Zach Collins just, he's still a young pup. I mean, he might get really good, but I don't know if he's going to get really good within Damon CJ's time frame. And I think he would blossom in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a good fit for, for both parties. I mean, I, I definitely think Portland's main objective this offseason is upgrading that four spot. So I the, the next two people I have on this list is Robert Covington and Otto Porter. I think there's a huge difference between the two. And uh, what do you think about Otto Porter as a Portland Trailblazer? Just like I, just like Kevin Love, I, you cannot pay that much salary to an average basketball player. This is what got Portland 
in their current financial mess yeah, was exactly. the summer of 2016 because we paid Myers and Evan and Alan Crabb to – they got paid all-star, multiple all-star money, and they just simply weren't. I, I, there's a reason guys are attainable. You, you have to say no and you have to find – I think it's a step back. It's – yeah, it's lateral at best. I, I just – I've never understood the infatuation – with Otto, Otto Porter, and I, I certainly don't understand it at $25 billion a year. Yeah, like, I would definitely take him if he was in a, like, a cross-control contract, because he is, he's, he, he would start on our team, but the, 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 the salary is outrageous. Like, he's, he's making a lot of money for average results. He's, he, he'd be a, a nice role player. I don't think he would be the star that, giving up the the salary and the players would net us robert covington on the other hand i think interests me the way he plays defense the way he has the ability to shoot the three really well he's he's a player i think would be a great fit for the portland trailblazers it's just are the minnesota timberwolves going to trade him to a division rival when they have all of these aspirations for success and a really smart general manager? I don't think so. I don't but know. do the Timberwolves have aspirations for success? You, you've seen that contract they gave Andrew Wiggins, right? I'm not gonna. I mean, their former GM was a mess. I I, I have faith in their current GM, but I I don't know. Uh, like, are shit two first round picks and this 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 average man? It, it, it's rough out there for a Minnesota Timberwolves fan. So I, I think Covington is a very good fit, and I I think what he could do for our team is pretty valuable. I just don't think that the Timberwolves will trade him to the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, he's definitely a buy low type of prospect. He did not have, you know, he didn't he didn't have a good year. No, not at all. And he's been injured, and I I think his. I think Philly fans, like they did with Sarch, they overrated Covington a bit. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a really good 3 and D player, but he's not a player you offer multiple first-round picks for. Um, would he be yeah. an upgrade over Mo Harkless? Yes, but it depends on how much more than Mo Harkless do you have to offer to get him because, he, I mean, you have to you have to outweigh, you know, the, the pros and cons. And Portland, Yeah, I, I think he's attainable, but is it too much for what we're at? I, I think, I think so. Fit. I think I think yeah. it, it would. I think Minnesota would ask for for too much. And to be honest, they, they it might be a little silly for them to move him. I mean, he was the primary piece they got back for Jimmy Butler. So it it seems weird that they would move him so quick, unless they really feel like Josh Okogi can can step in and, and fulfill that role, or Wiggins moves to the three and Okogi plays plays the two. So I mean, it just really all depends on their future outlook. And if they draft a small forward in this this upcoming draft too, there's a lot of question marks for them. Is there any players that you've been seeing linked to the Portland Trailblazers? I mean, well, no one's really been officially officially linked just because Neil keeps everything so so tight, tight so tight to the vest. I mean, skinny jeans tight. I mean, skinny jeans on a hot yeah. hot day where you've got you know the sweat sticking to your legs and you cannot get those jeans off. That's how tight Neil keeps information. From from leaking, but how do you feel about that? 
I, I like it. I, I do not like things getting out. I mean, we've seen how detrimental it's been for the Pelicans, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's it's their fault, but they had a player who they, you know, allowed to control a lot of the narrative. Um, the Lakers, my God, they let shit fly freely. I mean, you do keep keep all your dirty laundry at home, B. Nobody needs to see that you got your tidy whities you know, a couple of rips in your socks. Nobody needs to see that. Keep, keep that personal and private. And then once it's official, then then you can can announce it. But keep that keep that tight. All right. Uh, I think we've gone for about an hour here. You ready to wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. I mean, I would just say th- these next ten days get prepared because whether it's Portland or not, Anthony Davis is going to get traded. That it seems from all accounts, Absolutely. they want to do this before the draft. So, I mean, it could get really fast and furious around the league again we don't know what's wrong with kevin durant but my speculation is that it is something with his achilles and likely going to keep him out for the next season seems like every other day Kawhi leonard or excuse me kyrie irving is is picking a different team um but we just we just don't know what's going to happen i I do think the only thing i'm certain of i am about 95 percent certain the blazers will not make the 25th draft pick for themselves it's going to be a part of the trade. I, I think one thing we didn't discuss is what Brooklyn had to do to unload Alan oh, yeah. Alan Crabb's contract. Yeah. They had to basically give two first-round picks to get Torrey and Prince, which if they were to renounce D'Angelo Russell, gave them the ability to open two max slots. That is a severe price to ditch mm-hmm. salary and maybe that's what has maybe Neil has done his his market research and he knows that the 25th pick in this draft just just it's not enough to take on 10 million dollars extra in salary of of Evan Turner and if Portland is unable to create room for the non-taxpayer mid-level exception then they're gonna have to go the complete opposite direction and add salary and say hey I know you're looking to shed salary we'll take some on just give us some goodies because yeah. then we're going to package what we have with what you have and go to a team like New Orleans or whatnot and really try to improve the roster that way. Because the draft is not going to improve the roster next season. Free agency is not going to improve the roster next season. Portland basically will be lucky if they can just retain one player off the roster. So, you know, it's going to have to get creative. And if, if it means... I think- I- this is a, a huge test for him, man. What can you generate from these this very few assets and make it nice and competitive for this next year? It's a it's a test on our coaching and our general manager. So if he can get creative, I think he needs to get creative. What percentage chance do you, objectively speaking, see Anthony Davis in a Portland Trailblazer uniform next season? Five percent. What about you? Where's the other ninety-five percent going? If you were dividing it up into a chunk, because it's not going to be New Orleans. Celtics one, Lakers two, New York three. Uh, the the Nets. What do the Nets have to offer? I think I Karis Levert, Dinwiddie, and a fuck ton of picks that aren't theirs. I think oh Clippers. I think Clippers are beat the Nets. I don't. I've heard the Clippers will not include 
Shay. Shay Gild. Which is bullshit. I know they will if it's Anthony. I don't, I don't think they will. I, I, is Shay Gillis and Alexander good enough in, in the whole body of work to be like the crown jewel of an Anthony Davis trade? No, but, two no, games against but the Clippers have more were. leverage than other teams because they have two max spots. They could say, okay, well, we don't need you, Anthony Davis. Jimmy Butler, come on down. Clay Thompson, we got a spot for you. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they... Ky- I mean, they, they they have other options. It's not like Portland. It's not like Boston. Where I feel like they're the less stressed to make a. I think the Lakers and the Celtics and the Knicks are like, we need to make this shit happen now. The Clippers can sit back and observe the whole scenery and nonchalantly tell you what it means to me. That is a Rakem quote. <laughs> Danny Ainge is not. Danny Ainge knows Kyrie Irving is not coming back. It makes no sense to go after Anthony Davis for a year. I mean, that would be mind-boggling. I think Anthony ends up. I think he ends up in New York. Um, I I do like, especially if they offer Mitchell Robinson, who I think could be a nice a nice player. I think the three pick. I mean, I hope so. I mean, he, he basically looks like a young Rudy Gobert. I mean, if you can't work with a young Rudy Gobert, then it's a problem on your end, not on mine. Mitchell has a few uh, issues with his attitude, but on the court, yeah. dude's a beast. I mean, that's the reason he slipped in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's I mean, that's that's why the Knicks were able to get him so so late. But you know, I think the three pick holds some weight. Um, I do not love Kevin Knox or Frank Nilakina. I don't either. So, but he just beats the fuck out of that Lakers offer. The four pick to me, yeah. the four pick might as well be the fourteenth pick. If I am being completely honest, honestly, I'd split. I'd rather I'd rather split it up for more chances for one to just break through the the mediocre line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I don't trust RJ Barrett. I think Josh Hart is capped out in terms of talent. I think he's just a solid player. Um, Brandon Ingram may never play again with that that shoulder or be the be the same same guy. Uh, Kuzma is uh, fabulous That's scoring, but you don't really need him. I think Kuzma and Zion's a really weird fit in the front court. Mm-hmm. And then Lonzo, nobody wants to touch his father and their antics with with a ten foot pole. So to me, like if Portland does offer what we've discussed, to, un, unbiased, I am really removing the the glasses. It's the best offer by far. I don't know if Portland is going to make that offer. Um, I honestly, if you ask me to give a percentage chance, I'd say everyone has basically 20% chance. There's probably five teams that are going to go go after Anthony. There may be another dark horse team, but... Um, I think we're one of the dark horse teams, but... Dude, it's a chance, and I I would be willing to take every chance I could at acquiring Anthony Davis. Um, I think we'll be back next week for a like the talking about draft prospects. Even though I don't think we'll be get be using one, it'll be nice to talk about some players. Yeah, if you want to just uh, listen to us talk shop, be wrong, hang out, hear hear our voices, um, you know. Listen to us as you're on your run or powering through your workday or sitting in traffic. We'll be there. You know, talk about the draft. The draft is fun. Regardless, there's going to be some great trades. A lot of the NBA has been shaped through the draft. When you look back, Olden Polonies traded for Scottie Pippen. 
tractor trailer mm-hmm. for, for, for Dirk Nowitzki, Kawhi Leonard for George Hill. I mean, franchises have been literally flipped on their sides and turned from, you know, dud to stud and, and vice versa. And there's no reason this, this couldn't be it as well, especially with the Anthony Davis sweepstakes in full force and most expect it to be done. Yep. So we're on iTunes, Google play, Stitcher, Himalaya podcast, nothing but net radio. And we'll be back soon. Uh, go blazers. Wherever you may be. This is Bill Shinley. Good night. Everybody. Let's go. Let's go.